0: Welcome to the Client Experience Collaborative Podcast. This collaborative combines client savvy's deep industry knowledge of CX and professional services firms and 16 years of client feedback gathering and analysis with CX pilots' two decades of embedding CX into unique business to business cultures. This bi weekly podcast is for firm executives and CX leaders looking for tips, secrets, ideas, and resources from two of the cx industry's most innovative pioneers to access this community and stay informed go to clientexperience.com and join the mailing list today and now here's our host blake godwin
1: hello again this is blake godwin with client savvy here at the client experience collaborative podcast had a really exciting episode for you listeners today. Uh, one of our dear friends, one of the most progressive leaders in the AEC industry, Tim Schroeder, uh, president and CEO, is here with us today. Tim, how are you doing?
2: Fine, fine. I don't know if you should call me aggressive, though. <laughs>
1: Well, progressive. I think you're uh, you're you're one of the most progressive leaders that uh, we've met. You know, Client Savvy's been in business for 16 years, and I think uh, with Stephen Keith here on the line at CX Pilots and, and Ryan Sedam, uh, co-founder of, of Client Savvy. I mean, we're just we've never seen anybody, and especially with the size of your firm, do the things that you've done uh, as it pertains to employee experience and client experience. And I, I think our listeners are going to really enjoy. Hearing your story today, um, I've heard it a bunch of times and, and I love hearing it more every time that we speak to you. So, thanks for being on the show today.
2: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: So, uh, Tim, you, you've, you've been in this CX transformation now for a number of years. You, you've worked with Stephen, you've worked with us, and, and you've just done some, some really amazing things. Do us a favor and just tell us, tell us about your CX transformation and, and what was the impetus? Of that?
2: Well, our transformation was really a top-to-bottom, firm-wide transformation. It, uh, you know, it was about finding the right balance between our employee experience and our client experience as we first looked to in internal improvements and gradually turned our improvement strategies outward. It took five years, and I hope I'm not going back too far in, in our history, to find a sustainable balance and um you know, it still needs constant attention, but even in a firm of just 50 people like us. So, in the 2000s, we had added a lot of young talent, and as that was happening, as we needed to start looking beyond the leadership of our founders, Roy Newman and Kevin Munson, and in 2012, I think it was, yeah, 2012. Kevin Munson kinda opened Pandora's box when he suggested we have our first firm-wide retreat to collectively envision what that future might be. And at the time, there was a divide and a lack of trust between leadership and staff. Leadership had the primary responsibility for client relationships at that point and an increasing share of the staff was fresh out of college and didn't really have a concept of what it meant to work with a client. So on the eve of the retreat, we tried to educate the entire team of how important the client relationship was, and it was a little too late, that really backfired on us when the it, when it came to the the retreat itself. This was the first time the staff really had to to their opportunity to speak up. And it could have been worse. The consistent message was that they wanted to focus on design excellence as their top priority. They simply wanted to find greater purpose and pride in their career. So who could blame them? After the retreat, staff thought there was going to be action, but we didn't really act. And a few months later, things really came to a head when several employees were threatening to leave. And one that did said to me, you aren't capable of change. And Blake, that was really the impetus for real change at Newman Munson. But we had a long journey before we got to CX. We set about achieving constant design excellence and improving our employee experience first. As firm leaders, we began listening and changing the status quo in lieu of defending and protecting the status quo. For a couple of years, we were very internally focused. But as we achieved success and gained confidence, we started looking more and more at client-focused strategies. And late in 2014, we began using Client Feedback Tool, which helped us practice empathy. And late in 2017, we finally established CX as our number one strategic priority. And at that time, the entire staff stood in unanimous support of that decision, uh,
1: it's, that's, uh, it, that's a great story. You know, it's interesting. You and I have have chatted a bunch about your journey, and I think it's really important for the for the audience to understand that you, when you move in in the the direction of, of true client centricity, you're not going to have staff on on board. You're going to have uh, some misalignment with with current staff, and I know you went through a little bit of employee attrition. Uh, at the beginning, but what has it been now? Has it been three years since you've lost a team member?
2: Well, we, I mean, we continue to have a little churn. I think not, not because, I mean, we live in a college town, so there's people coming and going sure. uh, associated with the university. That's part of the the story of what happens here. So I think we've seen a stronger and stronger team that is flourishing and aligned better aligned than they've ever been around our goals and what we want to achieve as a firm the couple losses that we have had haven't hit us and and we're as strong as ever
1: that's that's really really wonderful to hear steven um you were a a big part of this tell us what you've seen and and maybe what the you know the the difference is in what newman monson is doing uh that's that's so just unbelievably
3: great I think working with Newman Munson was a, I mean, it was, it was, it was something that we had never encountered as a CX transformation firm. We, we've, we walked in, we met Tim and we very soon realized that he was, and Tim, I'm talking about you as if you're not here on the podcast with us, but (laughs) Tim had a, such a, such a bizarre mixture of, of confidence and leadership and still like completely subdued and humble about it. And we'd never seen that before. Like usually we go in and we have, you know, among the first things that you have to do in in transformation is, is assess the, you know, the egos and how you need to facilitate the right level of change and um, infuse it into the culture. We didn't have to do that with Newman Munson. What we had to do was just, you get clarity on what, you know, we want to know first, like Tim, how did you, and I'm going to actually turn this into a question to Tim, but how in 2017, something turned where you guys went from design excellence to client experience. You didn't tell that part of the story. And I'm, I'm curious if you can just go back and sort of fill that in. At some point you needed to Make the shift where focusing on the clients was important enough, or it had enough substance and purpose, where you made that your number one corporate objective. I would love to. You know, what advice do you have for other, um, you know, presidents in AEC firms who want to uh, see some of the results that you've seen um, in your transformation, but. What was the what was the impetus behind putting CX as your number one corporate objective?
2: Well, the uh, you know, it it was an evolution and a journey. Our decision that CX should be our top strategic priority came after we had clearly illustrated our organization's ability to change. As we got our our uh, internal experience in order, uh, we we looked outside, as I was saying, but. Internally, we had accomplished a lot. We had established a record of listening and acting on the staff and their input. We had moved from these siloed studios to practicing as one team. We had incrementally built our team's empathy, which was a key um, foundation. And and that happened starting with bottom-up reviews of our leadership and evolved into a progressively more transparent internal 360 review process where every team member's reviewed by a cross section of the staff. But that empathy was important as we look back. I, and we, we read books together that uh, helped us define what was wrong and right with our culture. And, and we acted upon it. We revamped our reward system, made our financials transparent, established a shared vision for our future, we empowered these employee-led teams that self-managed and became stewards of, of various areas of our practice like design excellence, uh, quality assurance, sustainability. Um, and that really engaged people around uh, you know, accountability toward our future. We expanded our ownership of the firm. So and that, at this point, half of the people that work here our owners in the organization. We were proving the power of acting on client feedback too and earning recognition on that front. Um, And on top of that, we we had gained the confidence in our own abilities in reaching that design excellence goal because we had emerged a firm that hadn't received any acknowledgement for design excellence had emerged as a state and regional leader in design yeah um, I'm, curi-
3: I'm curious are there any awards that you haven't won yet
2: I'm, there are plenty of awards that we haven't won yet <laughs> um you're gonna, need a the, bigger,
1: you're gonna need a bigger bookshelf tim we know how many awards you've won our yeah, no, wall no, no is kidding. filling up <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's an ongoing effort um but by 2014, we had improved the experience internally to the point we were ready to focus outward. That started with client feedback tool, and we coached our team through each month. We would gather up all the feedback we had received. It was pretty harsh at the beginning, uh, but we looked at it together. We coached everybody to not be defensive, but to act on it, change behaviors, and we saw how that could really build a huge amount of trust and loyalty with our clients. So, you know, the the team was seeing, I think when we first talked about how important the client was, they were thinking we were giving up our craft and, uh, you know, giving up that and taking dictation from the client, giving all our, our knowledge away. And they would rather, you know, when you come out of college, you haven't interacted with a client, The you, you would rather act as an artist focused on a canvas with your back to the client. So, you know, it takes a while to educate everybody, but they were seeing the benefits in that. And with the skill, the talent and drive to back it up, uh, being more relatable to our clients makes us actually more influential in bringing all that to bear. Being more influential allows us to share our expertise, elevate the expectations and drive positive change in our world. And thankfully, we have an amazing team that that's their real goal. They want to serve their clients and improve our world. And CX is ultimately the path to get there. We had data too. So Sally Olbernolte, who's been a major champion of client experience over the years. She had gone to CXPS in 2017 and came back with um, the data showing this growing trend of client experience, and, and that helped make the case as well.
1: That's, uh, man, I mean, I just, I, I tell you, I just love love hearing all this story, uh, Ryan, everything you've just heard him say um you've been a, a big part of this journey too. uh client savvy being a part of the the, the cx journey that newman monson's had i'd love to hear your thoughts on on what you've seen as well
4: yeah well i i had the advantage of, of meeting the folks over at newman uh shortly after uh they had that 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 uh radical realization that that we need to not defend the status quo but but really start challenging it so uh Tim, I think I met you guys in two thousand and thirteen uh, somewhere around there when we started working mm-hmm. together and uh, um, uh, boy, just your approach of of radical curiosity, uh, not just at leadership but but uh, demonstrating it in front of staff so that that staff shared that you know I know you 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 began your cX journey with uh, a client feedback after doing the employee feedback, and uh, you know one of the things I often Advise farms is not to worry about the scores or don't focus on the scores, but really focus on on what people do with the information. And and uh, you guys really seem to embrace that well. And maybe it was your design mindset or. Or perhaps how you took some of your design language and, and transformed that into thinking about and, and designing responses to clients and, and designing interactions with clients that, that uh, tapped into something embedded in, in who your people are. That's something I saw from the outside. Is that something you're, you were consciously doing? Is that something you, you just kind of walked into? Can you talk to me about that a little bit?
2: Well, I think I alluded to this earlier, but I think what set us up for success there was our internal feedback process that we had been evolving uh you know we had had top down reviews annually, which nobody looked forward to um and in two thousand and thirteen you know after that first retreat the, with all the tension that was there, there was Still tension a year later, and the what we saw was the opportunity to diffuse that tension. So we had all the team members, all the employees review every member of the leadership team. Uh, we kept it uh, anonymous at that first go round, so it was you know nobody had a fear of retaliation since this was a first for the company. But we, we gathered as, as the principals out at Kevin Monson's farmhouse to review the feedback. And, you know, it wasn't pretty. Um, but, but the team, I thought what was the biggest change was the team felt so much better having, get, having gotten that off their chest. They actually got together and sent us a video um, while we were over there licking our wounds to uh you know just kind of say hey sorry <laughs> but um but that process opened the door to because we made a, a concerted effort you know we want to set the example we're not going to we're not going to be defensive we're going to act on this feedback and uh move forward so that that set the stage as we started 360 reviews uh, where everybody's reviewed by everybody, basically uh, that everybody embraced that feedback it It starts with the leadership, and then the next step in the el- evolution was to point that at the clients and take it from there. so I think that 's what really uh, built us up toward that moment when we engaged client feedback tool and were we were mentally prepared. <laughs>
4: I love how you, uh, uh, unlike so many firms, you took this this sense of uh, uncertainty that there might be something going on, and instead of shying away from it, you really leaned into it. And and you know, though it sounds like it wasn't very comfortable at first, uh, pretty immediately everyone walked away saying, "You know what, boy, I feel so much better having gotten this conversation started." Uh, it sounds like that allowed for some real progress and, and perhaps some healing to happen quickly?
2: Yes, definitely. That's great. That's
4: great. so so Tim, I, I heard you
1: say that y'all uh, and, and then I, I've got a much deeper question to ask you after this, but what books did you and your firm read? I, I'm sure our listeners would love to know what books helped you get through this this journey.
2: Oh boy. Um, you know, one was good to great, another was the Oz Principle. I didn't subject, I, I was reading them constantly because I was um, very anxious and not knowing what to do. So I, I have a list of about 30 of them. But the ones we did the group reads of were, were the ones I mentioned. Uh, then later, we got into uh, Multiplier. Uh, I think that's the name of it.
1: Okay. Uh, well, and it, it, and,
2: and so- several, I think there were two others. But I am having okay. a hard time remembering those.
1: <laughs> well I'd love to I'd love to be able to share them on sure. experienceence.com uh, Maybe we can capture a list from you at, at some point and, and share that for for everybody mm-hmm. who's interested. So you know we golly we, we solve roughly 25 26 different business problems using CX as as the vehicle to do that and, and one of the most common, challenges we hear whether it's 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 hiring or different offices or just the whole approach that everybody has a really hard time getting their employees to move to a truly client centric mindset and you said that that you had that same challenge so how did you get buy in and and how did you how did you actually set the stage for change
2: well as a collective we were evolving in that direction but you know it, leading up to that moment where everybody stood in unanimous support we had a presentation to the staff to illustrate them to them what what this evolution had been uh, to connect the dots of this narrative from the beginning of our transformation to where we were at that moment and it, it was a 90 minute presentation that outlined our entire entire strategic plan uh, leadership and team we had struggled over it for months and the actual presentation took a month to craft after it had been scrutinized by us the we had a dry run with the 10 other shareholders at the time and incorp and incorporated their input prior to a presentation to the entire staff so i mean th- that was that that one component of it but there, there was rigor put into every step. And again, the, the team was ready and had the confidence. We told the story of why CX was the next obvious choice and, and showed them the trends that Sally had brought us and other data. And it, it was the obvious step they stood in support.
1: So, uh, that's, that's, that's really good information, uh, Steven Ryan. Uh, you know, no one in the industry, as far as I'm aware, has has gone as far into the CX transformation. But what have you all seen other firms do to set the stage for change?
3: Well, <clears throat> I think it it's difficult to use Tim as a litmus because there's just not. I, I personally don't know of any people that. Uh, plowed into it as head, you know, headstrong as Tim. And it's just funny that, you you know, when you get, if we're talking about building consensus or, you know, helping people understand a lot of times it, it, it's not done as diplomatically or democratically as uh, how Newman Munson did it. It's generally, you know, they start at the top. Like, do we have all the partners buy in? So you're talking about economics at first, like how much money can we, make out of uh, converting this and you know, how much loyalty can we get at was, which is also an economic thing. Like we we didn't, we scarcely had any of those conversations with, with you guys, Tim at Newman Munson. It was, it was, it just felt so much more like, how do we, how do we legitimately and authentically engage these really great creative people on this team to exchange more uh, uh, like relationship value it, it, you know, financial of course is important, but it's Newman Munson. kind of a unicorn that like all the conditions were perfect. Leadership was completely bought in. Uh, all the people were completely bought in. Everybody had a, like a truer and more authentic sense of purpose around the transformation. And so it was, it's just, it, it's a lot different. Having that exact same scenario in another firm, I, I ha- haven't run into it yet, but, um, I don't know. I think it's a testament to Tim. Like it's such a huge leap of faith to do what Tim and Newman Munson did. Now, you know, some of the story that Tim's not sharing is Tim, like one of the things I think that you did, which I found to be really extraordinary, like you you sort of ascended into this leadership position right around the time that the, you know, the core of the transformation was happening. You kind of, you didn't, Take nest in a in a you know a a, a glass cage in, in corner office you're out in the you know in the midst of everyone else and your your whole like, like you articulated to me in the midst of the transformation that what you really wanted to focus on was supporting the team it, it, so your leadership style i think was so incredibly important in making the progress that you guys made and that you kind of, you wanted to lead from the backseat, you know, make sure that the, you know, the driver had all the stuff, all, you know, all the, all of the resources and assets they needed to do the job of CX, practically apply the tenets of CX and EX. And that's just absolutely, I mean, it's just, it's kind of a unicorn story, to be honest.
4: So from my perspective, uh, uh, people listening, if you're not feeling like you've got a horn growing out of the center of your head, um, uh, uh, how do you approach and 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 see these you know similar results that that Newman Munson saw, if your current environment isn't already you know uh, set up and and near ideal conditions. And and uh, Tim, you can certainly jump in and, and talk about where the uh, gaps were that, that uh, Stephen and I aren't seeing, but you know, Tim, you talk a lot about, about uh, uh, being an empathy driven organization. And I think if the conditions for this don't already exist in an ideal state, that's not a reason not to start, but it's a reason to, to, to focus in on, you know, if you want to be an empathetic organization, empathy is a foundation of of client and employee experience. Practice that empathy. What is it that all of the stakeholders want? What are they trying to get out of? You know, why they're there every day, why they work for you, why, uh, 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 why they choose you to do work for them, why they take work from you if they're a vendor or supplier. And, and when you really start practicing empathy there and, and figure out how does client experience, employee experience, make each of these stakeholders happier, make them more centered, make them feel more uh, purpose-filled. And, and I, I don't think it's uh, an accident that Tim's journey starts with a real focus on design and design excellence, that they're a strong design organization and they have a passion for it. And, you know, there's an overlap there by better understanding what their passions are as an organization and, and what staff really want to be known for that impacts their ideal client profile, that, 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 you know dictates what kind of work they go after and it changes how they pursue that work to win the kind of work that allows them to be more creative and flexible and better designers and 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 you know cx is absolutely an enabler for the pragmatic business things like profit and loyalty that you mentioned steven but newman munson used it here as an enabler of of doing the kind of projects that just makes their hearts happy as designers. So, so I think there's an interesting a process any organization can go through, whether you're 100% ready for CX or you're 0% ready for CX, by applying empathy internally and, and, and helping everyone see how a focus on experience management it allows them to do more of what drives them every day.
3: One thing, one thing I want to add super quick is, uh, our team noticed in, um, and working, you know, s- several months into this thing, we, we noticed that engineers like to engineer their CX program, construction contracting companies like to build their CX program. Not all architects fall into that pattern. Not all, all, all not all architects want to design this, but Newman Munson, like never put down their, uh, it, those people never put down their, what's the right term? I don't want to say pencil, stylus. Uh, awesome. You, you guys, very deliberately designed this, which was, uh, which was an interesting, you know, part of the process. Like you were thinking very deliberately, you know, w- with the same rigor that you put into designing the, the, you know, gorgeous projects that you guys do you You affected the way that, that y- your transformation was designed, which was really i mean a, a, a focus on uh, elegance, which is which was not at all accidental. Well, I think you know you guys
2: are extremely complimentary, but uh, <laughs> I mean uh, and I wonder if we were a little naive and, or ignorant or a little overconfident to get started in this. Um, since nobody else has done it. Is that, is that really true uh, as far as their top strategic priority? But the, I think what got us there was each step along this journey was, was a matter of not thinking of profit first, that comes second, uh, and thinking of purpose first. And that is a, a key to how we engaged our young staff behind a vision and and so on they they felt purposeful they it wasn't it, it's not a career any anymore it's a calling
1: yeah it, for, for all of you listeners out there pay attention to what he just said um i will try not to over compliment you here anymore tim but uh you know you, you did it with purpose and you, you focused on profitability and everything else second uh when you design your cx program with purpose all of the other things that we've always focused on, profitability, utilization, client retention, all of that is a product of purposeful driven CX transformation. So I don't I don't think that you could have, have said that any better and really teed this up. Also, I mean, you're a first mover. You're you're a staple in the AEC industry. Again, all you leaders listening out here, just because your neighbor's not doing it just because uh, another firm that you know isn't doing it doesn't mean that you shouldn't you know Newman Monson took a step forward and became one of the first movers and all the results are being shown for it uh, so you know c- congratulations on that I, I got to ask you though did-, did you have any worries making such a bold and you know unprecedented strategic move did-, did you have any worries and if so what what were your biggest concerns I'm sure everybody wants to, to understand what those are and they're probably shared concerns for those that are thinking of of going down this path
2: no we trusted in the in the data and uh, you know we did we didn't have any worries until we figured out what cx really was and the scale of the initiative that we faced
1: <laughs> sure. Um, sure
2: it was a daunting process uh, you know basically to challenge and uh, challenge and reframe rethink pretty much everything, everything that we do that the client sees or obviously experiences. So, you know, and yeah, it was daunting, but you've got to look at it as a journey. It's something you practice each day. Uh, you take a step each day. Some days it feels like you're not getting anywhere, but but you just uh, keep progressing.
1: You know, I, it's, that's really interesting. So, so a, a lot of what we have seen with firms that start the journey and it sounded like you were patient and that you realized once you, you know, made this change that there were some days that you felt the progress or some days where you felt like, you know, nothing great was happening from it, but, but you stayed with it. And we've seen a lot of firms on the path and they don't see the return initially. And, you know, then they, they go back to their old ways, which makes adoption the next time you go down this path that much harder. So, you know, how hard was it to stay patient?
2: Well, I, you know, that's it's those moments when you have doubt where I'm thankful that we had that employee that said we weren't capable of change. Because right. that's, that's the moment I think of when we come up against a brick wall or hit a plateau. So, you know, that, that keeps us going to have a kind of a crucible moment like that is a good thing. Luckily, it wasn't one where we were in dire straits but it's a moment that you can look back on and that keeps inspiring you.
4: So
1: uh, just different question here. Um, you, you've been doing this now for what, five or six years, really, really a CX transformation. Would you change anything? What would you have done differently?
2: I don't, I guess I don't look at it like that. I don't think there's anything that it would change. It, it's um uh, thankful for each experience we've had as a team. We've had some good times as we've been through this evolution, so I don't have a real good answer to that question, Blake.
1: Well, that's good. That's 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 great news. Uh, I'm glad that you don't look at it that way. That means, that means things are, are working out for you and, and things are going well. Uh, Ryan, Stephen, do, do y'all have any comments with, with everything we've heard here?
3: I, I think that the, I, one of the things I'd love for you know, people who are listening to this to take away from, from Tim is the thing that keeps coming to mind is that like leap of faith. When we have uh, conversations with people who are deliberating over, you know, do we go in one toe? Do we go in whole, you know, one foot? Do we, you know, weight up to our shins? Do we jump in wholeheartedly into CX for our firms? The, the lesson I think you'd learn from Tim is you, you, you have to gauge like how confident are you as a firm that you can take this on and that it's going to be a valuable experience. I think the thing that stops people is they don't know that it's going to be a valuable experience. And I think what we're hearing from Tim, you know, albeit they're a little bit, um, probably a little bit different. Uh, In their culture. Uh, But Tim, what do you, what do you have to say about people who are standing on the, you know, on the edge? What would you advise them to think about? Like what inventory do other firm leaders need to take before they make a decision to embark on the journey that you have embarked upon?
2: Well, that's another reason why I would hate to mess with the formula that got us to where we are because there's the, you know, it was uh, like a perfect storm and things went really well. I'm not an expert on organizational change (laughs) by any means, so I don't know how to give advice on that matter. But it would be, you know, think of your employees first, be uh, authentic to them and, uh, you know if you get them excited about their careers it's the next natural step in my mind you know we had you mentioned confidence we had had a whole lot of swagger and confidence of what we had accomplished internally as we were at that moment uh, when we decided to uh, take on client experience and and it it has been the most challenging initiative we've taken on and we we've had lists and lists of initiatives that we've worked our way through and had success with, but but it's a, it it is an ongoing practice. It's not a flip, a switch you flip, you uh, have to maintain it. It's something we'll be working on for the, our future.
4: Yeah. And uh, from my perspective, I just, uh, you know, we joked earlier about Tim needing a bigger bookshelf in the office for all the awards that, that Newman Munson is winning but I do think that there's, there's uh, an element of magic in that if you're going to embark on a large a transformation or, or change effort as an organization, when you can supplement that with recognition, particularly recognition coming externally through associations and professional organizations, etc., Uh, whether the awards are directly for the CX efforts, which Newman Munson has won several of those or other associated awards like employee engagement, which I know you guys have won and design, which is core to what you do and deliver, letting the entire staff really feel a part of being a winning culture and, and sharing that recognition across the organization as those awards come in. I think you know, uh, uh gets into some of that non-monetary compensation or always uh, uh, trying to figure out how to do it we like being part of 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 winners it's, it's just embedded into western culture so i i think there's a a lot of strength in in doing that and maybe one of those not intentional uh uh pieces of your journey that 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 might have had some uh motivating and and lasting impacts at as a part of it
2: yeah. And it is a journey. So we need to make sure to uh, celebrate those successes along the way. And the, the recognitions are a big part of that. So that that's very helpful. We have ways to measure our success and th- the things that we've achieved along the way. So it's, it's a, it's a big part of it.
1: Tim, I, I want to thank you again for, for being here today. Um, this was, you know, this was episode number two of a, of a CX transformation podcast that we've been doing. And uh, I just want to celebrate in your success and and celebrate your persistence and, you know, celebrate you being a first mover. And uh, I hope all the listeners in the AEC industry uh, hear you today and really consider changing the way that they operate uh, in in the industry and, and really transforming the perception that our clients have, of us as architects, engineers, contractors, lawyers, accountants. So thank you so much for being here. Um, love hearing your story and I'm sure everybody else will today as well.
2: Thank you, I'm happy to participate and I uh, thank you for your help along the way. We, we didn't do this without you guys.
1: Well, Certainly, certainly appreciate that. So for all you listeners, if you have any questions, uh, please go to clientexperience.com where you can submit your questions. There, uh, follow us on any of your favorite podcast channels, Spotify, Apple—you name it—we uh, are we are on it. Uh, listen in again two weeks from now, we'll have another podcast, and uh, look forward to chatting then. Gentlemen, have a wonderful day.
3: Thank you. Thank you. If I, I, I just—I I know this isn't uh, proper to protocol, but I just—if you have an opportunity to talk to Tim. Ask him if he's ever picked up a rattlesnake. <laughs> uh,
2: thanks, Stephen. <laughs> You're welcome. Well,
4: thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Have a good
1: one.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Client Experience Collaborative podcast. Please tell your friends and colleagues to subscribe on their favorite podcast app and visit us at clientexperience.com. Please also send us your feedback and questions for the next episode on our website. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode.